Hello and welcome to For the Love of Books Library Plus podcast. I'm Jo. I'm Phil. And this month we're going to be talking about the next two challenges and we'll also be discussing last month's digital book club title. So thank you everyone that's already pledged that you're taking part in the challenge. Have you pledged yet, Phil? Uh, yes, of course I have. <coughs> Is that the right answer? If you haven't pledged yet, <laughs> then you can find out everything you need to know at www.northamptonshire.gov.uk forward slash for the love of books. And if you pledge this year, you can also subscribe to our uh, monthly newsletter, which tells you about two of the mini challenges that we're focusing on, as well as our digital book club title and anything else we think that you might find useful. So without further ado, let's chat about the next two challenges. So this month, the first mini challenge we're focusing on is a book that's a comedy. So I'm sure there's loads of books that could fit that bill. It's a strange kind of criteria because you go, is like, could it be a comedy as in a script almost? Or, a, you know, is it supposed to be just a funny book? Um, it's quite a wide kind of choice, I think. Yeah, and what makes some... It. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. makes some people laugh, other people don't find funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we might find that with our suggested titles. So we were going to be joined by super fan extraordinaire of the first book we're talking about, um, who's James, who works at our toaster library. Um, and he absolutely loves A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. It's how uh, I realised I was going to enjoy working with him when I first met him, because within a short period of time, we'd made a hitchhiker's reference. It's like a subculture. And I went, yes. I'm going to work well with you because we have that common uh, kind of reference. Yes, I guess. because you're probably our second biggest fan. Um, yes, yes, I think so. It's, it was quite an influential book, mm. and it still is. And I still, um, I haven't quite got James's uh, tattoo yet on my arm. But it's interesting because I'd like to have spoke to him about the difference because he's he's a bit younger than I am. Mm. The difference in his perception of it to mine yeah and we should just say that sadly james is self-isolating it's not that he couldn't be bothered to come in today <laughs> i'm really gutted because i was hoping that him and i could completely hijack this whole podcast and just talk about the hitchhikers for all of it so yeah so i'm sorry. secretly relieved sorry james <laughs> um so what is james's tattoo of then it's the, the the logo from the latest film which is the the, the thumbs thumb. up yeah, the, the, the Hitchhiker's Thumb. Ah. But um, they made, a, obviously, a more recent film. To digress slightly, I'm not so keen on it as I was the TV series. Yeah. Um, but that's the logo from it, uh, the, 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 thumb the Thumb Up, and that's what he's got. Right. Instantly recognisable if you know Hitchhikers. If you're a big though. fan, yeah. I mean, I've been aware of Hitchhikers more um, from, like, the radio plays and things. Yeah, which is what they were originally. Yeah. They were originally radio plays, yeah. So um, I'd never actually read it, um, so I did dip my toe in the water, and I have read it. Um, and I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it more at the beginning when they're on Earth. Um, so do you want to give a little bit of a summary of the first book, which is what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, to, to sum up, you could call it a trilogy in four parts. So yeah. straight away you know that it's a slightly irreverent yeah. kind of series anyway. Um, and also the author, Douglas Adams was involved with um, the Monty Python. So you, you kind of can guess where the humour's coming from. Um, but basically, it, it's the, the earth is destroyed to make way for a bypass. Um, uh, Arthur Dent and his friend Ford Prefect end up on a spaceship travelling around the galaxy with mice, planets thrown in, uh, 
pangalactic gargle blasters, which are uh, a drink. Uh, it, it's just an irreverent roam, rampage mm. around the galaxy. Yeah. Probably so, the best way. So I, when I read it, I really enjoyed, I say it starts on Earth before Earth's destroyed. And um, I think I enjoyed that more because I could relate to that more. It's, obviously, I can't relate to space and I know it's all fiction. But I don't know, like the jokes about the council's going to demolish the main character's home and he should have known about it because the plans have been available and but they weren't really available. They were buried deep beneath the council offices and all that kind of humour. I got more. Uh, I found, personally, when it went into space, I had to kind of reread stuff and concentrate a bit more because I'm not a big sci-fi reader. So I'm not... I bet there's loads of stuff in there that regular sci-fi readers would get a bit more. Yeah, I think I think the genius of Douglas Adams is he was so intelligent that you can just about look at any page... And there is a scientific idea yeah. or a philosophical idea that he takes a really light-hearted look at. And I, I think it, it is that idea of, of, they call it like the hard science fiction, where it, it's something that is possible. Yeah. It, it's not completely off the wall. Mm. Um, you know, you just push science from his day a little bit further. Mm. Um, but no, I think that the, the you're right, the, the beginning bit, it's just your average... Arthur Dent. It's just your average person yeah. uh, dealing with your average problems of the council and the bypass. Um, but I think as it as it goes out into space, it just gives you that freedom. It gave Douglas that freedom to uh, to let his mind and his imagination yeah. wander. I think yeah. and that was the pleasure of it. But no, I did enjoy it, and there was um, like the characters like Marvin, <laughs> uh, the, the paranoid android. <laughs> yeah, uh, depressed, isn't he? And uh, very sarcastic and negative and it's that was very funny but it's douglas adams again you know he lo- he looks at people and uh marvin has got what they call gpp genuine people personality um which arthur dent says sounds awful and marvin <laughs> says well it is <laughs> so it, it's just he just he understands douglas adams understands people he understands the situations you know he, he's just he was a genius i, I in my view he was yeah one of the most intelligent people, I think. Yeah, um, and I, I think, and, and the book, the first book, which is uh, our suggested read, which is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, it just stops. So it, there's no kind of, not even really a cliffhanger. They're just going to go on to the next destination on their travels, and it just kind of finishes because, as Phil said, it's a, a trilogy in four parts. So it just go, you know, you would just pick up the next book. I think I would enjoy it more... Um, as like the radio play, I think, rather than reading it. Just yeah, but I find that with audio books, I much prefer a a radio play, perhaps mm. of a book. So something by Noel Coward or things like that. Mm. You know, Blythe Spirit. I, the book's okay or the play's okay, but I like to hear. And and to me, uh, I didn't hear the radio broadcast, but I saw the TV. Mm. And I remember I was working away during the week, and I recorded it on the good old video machine mm. um and that was the highlight of when i came home at the weekend mm. would be to watch the, the the tv program of it and it was one of those you you must have had when you read a book or something like that do, do you have that moment of going that's changed my world that is that's going to have an impact on me yeah for the rest of my life yeah this is what that book did for me the moment i read it 
along with Terry Pratchett and Ian Banks. I read them and went, that's going to have an, a, a massive impact to the point that I can still remember Vogon poetry. Yes, do you want to just tell us what <laughs> Vogon poetry is, Phil? It's the worst poetry, in the, the second worst poetry in the world. Um, second to? Uh, I forget the female. It was a, a female poet based on Earth. And I don't know if it's a real person or not. It's shocking, really. For some reason, uh, I can remember the whole of that phrase of the Vogon poetry. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why I can remember it. And Go I can then. quote it. So this is the wor second worst poetry yes. in the world. Old freddled grunt bugly, thy micturations are to me as pleurdled gabble blotchets on a lurgid bee. And it carries on like that. And I remember it all and I can quote it. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, <laughs> but I can remember Vogon poetry. Strange. So, so strange. It but, is weird. And when, how old were you, do you think, when you read that for the first time? It would have been about the time when I first watched Monty Python. Um at a student party. I wasn't a student, but I knew students. And I remember watching Monty Python and then someone said, Hitchhikers, to read it. And I must have been about 16, 15, 16, something mm -hmm. like that. So um, I wonder whether it's things that you read when you're younger that you remember, like quotes out of. When your brain isn't quite so cluttered <laughs> with all the stuff you need to exactly. survive <laughs> in the modern world, perhaps. No, I think it was, I think it's, but then I didn't read Terry Pratchett um, Colour of Magic until I was in my early 20s. Okay. And I remember that vividly. I remember the moment I read it and went, it's like something lit up. Yeah. And I went, that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. So, yeah, massively influential, I think. So this would definitely be your choice for a, a book that's a comedy then. We'd love to hear what you guys would like to read as well. So The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams is available in all of our libraries. And it can also be borrowed as an e-audiobook or an e-book on BorrowBox and an e-book on Libby by Overdrive. So loads of chances to read that over the course of the um, challenge. Please do. Please, please do. <laughs> and just a reminder that you don't have to read our suggestions, but as Phil said, please do. You do this one. <laughs> And you don't have to do the challenges in the order that we're talking about them. You've got the whole six months. You can do them however you want. We're just highlighting different ones each month to talk to you about. So the second book that a comedy that we're suggesting is Just Like You by Nick Hornby. So Nick Hornby's a number of high-profile books because they've been turned into films. So um, Fever Pitch was the first one that I think I became aware of. High Fidelity and, of course, About a Boy with Hugh Grant. Um, so Just Like You is a fairly modern book because it's set with the Brexit referendum in the background of it. Oh, crikey. Okay. Yeah, so that's quite interesting because obviously we know how that turned out. Mm. Um, and there's two, two main characters. There's Lucy, who is a white... I was going to say middle-aged woman, then I realised that she's only slightly older than me. So um, a white, <laughs> very young woman... Um, with two children who's separated from her husband. And then we have Joseph, who is a young black man um, in his 20s. And it's the, the referendums used very cleverly because it's highlighting their different backgrounds, the different environments that they live in, different culture, friends and family. Um, Joseph's friends and family are voting to leave and Lucy's are voting to remain. And they become friends and they develop a relationship. And so you've got the age difference and then also their different backgrounds. 
Yeah. Where's the comedy come from then? When you say relationship, you mean a... Romantic relationship. Oh, okay. Oh, there's, yeah. there's that word, you see, that's it. The word romantic comes in, I'm, I'm off. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a schmaltzy romance no. at all. She, so the comedy comes in because she is older than Joseph. Um, you've got two children and she's separated from her husband because he was an alcoholic and drug addict. Um, so she's lived through all of that. And she's quite, says it how it is. And she's quite blunt. And, you know, it's it's exploring how she's obviously dating again and things and looking at that. So there's comedy there about, you know, someone of that age. Um, but the Brexit bit then, is, is that just to carry it? Or is that part of the comedy that, it, are, they, are they from differing sides to it? Is that? Yeah, well, jo- Joseph doesn't really care about not he doesn't care he doesn't really know a lot about it he's younger he is not in those circles where they're discussing it that much um so it's not really about comedy because he's not really he doesn't know how to vote and his dad's voting to leave because he is a builder or a scaffolder or something and he thinks there'll be more work um and he'll get paid more if there isn't people from other countries working in this country Mm. um and his mum is a nurse and yeah she was going to vote to remain initially but then she saw that they were nhs was going to get given loads of money because it was on the side of the bus huge amounts wasn't it yeah so um that's why she changed does he use it to have a bash at brexit though is it is it it does is it his is he using it to have a bash at, at the Brexit thing? Because no. it's quite it's quite a strange thing to to have as a background. Yeah, I, I d- guess. Is it, I don't think he is using it. It's not bashing either side. Okay. It's sort of putting each side fairly, and it's not a major thing. It's kind of used in the background as, I think, just again, just to further highlight their differences, like their different worlds. I guess. Oh, okay. All right. I um, got you. Because yeah. all her friends are like, no, we definitely need to remain. And, and they're more educated than Joseph is. Um, she's a, Lucy is a teacher. And I'm not saying that people that vote to um, leave are not educated, but Joseph isn't because um, he, he left. But he, he is intelligent, though. But yeah, he just he doesn't feel that he can vote because he didn't have enough information, really. He doesn't really understand it all, which I think a lot of us felt like at mm, the time. We yeah. didn't understand it all. Um, Does but, the relationship work? Well, it's a bit on-offy. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, the comedy is kind of like... It's kind of cynical comedy, I guess. They both are thinking this is just a relationship it's just it's not going to last it's just in the moment because we've got this age difference we're from different worlds and initially they just um see each other in secret but then they do try and see each other more publicly but then some of the people that she hangs around with seems like are a bit racist or not necessarily racist but say things that they're trying not to be racist so they say things that could be <laughs> racist and it's yeah, that kind of comedy as well, I suppose, and 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 how it, you know, they're squirming and and things. Um, not the not the kind of nineteen seventies slapsticky type. No comedy. Would it translate good to a film or a TV program? Like I, I was thinking, I was reading it. I was thinking it could be a film. However, there's not an awful lot that happens. It's more there's a lot of discussions between her and jo- Lucy and Joseph. Um, 
and thoughts and feelings and how they feel and how they both think the relationship's not going to last because it's just and they're very open you know they're just in it for the time being and stuff um the relationship starts because he starts babysitting for her so she goes out on dates and then they start a relationship um and then they split up because um yeah they, they just feel it's sort of run its course um a bit and then they get back together yeah it's is it one of those does it make you laugh out loud or does it make you smile or do you just chuckle? It made me chuckle. smile and chuckle. Okay. I think. Not yeah. like a proper. It, it's different from Hitch. We've got two kind of different books. You've got Hitchhikers, but you will laugh out loud at some of the things in there. Python esque. Yeah. Because it's Python esque, isn't um, it? And this is more, yeah, just funny the way that their thoughts and their feelings and some of their discussions are, are funny. I'm going to ask a really loaded question oh, then. Oh, gosh. Right? Do you think it would appeal more to female readers than male readers? I know we have this discussion sometimes. We do talk about this before we come on the recordings. And it's interesting how we we kind of tiptoe around that gender kind of appeal, don't we, to it? So I just wondered whether it's more of a... If you would be honest and say it's probably more of a... Perhaps appeal more to female readers. Yeah, possibly more. And I could probably relate to it because I am a similar age. I'm younger than Lucy. (laughs) Just highlight that. But I'm a similar age and I've I've got a child. So, yeah, I can sort of see. And it it was surprising, actually, because obviously it's written by a man. But, you know, he writes Lucy's character well and her the way she feels about things from a female perspective on, on topics. He writes well. But yeah, it's it's funny about when she's on dates. You know, she's thinking that there's no hope, and the way she's assessing, like, what we just go through the small talk, and then we're gonna, you know, the way the dance goes, and is writes that very well. That's quite. Is funny. it cringy? Do you no. Do you, it's not like some of the pro, your, some of the books where you almost cringe for the character because it's it's funny, but you're kind of going, oh, I know, I know, I could just curl up and. You know, yeah. cringy. No, I mean, there's a bit of squirminess, like where you, I mean, I'm always putting my foot in it. So sometimes when the, some of the characters <laughs> are putting their foot in it and then trying to overcompensate because they're like, oh, no, you know, that, that's a bit, yeah, a bit squirmy. But generally, there's not a lot of that. Yeah. And you don't think it's because he's de- obviously dealing with topics like uh, racism or, or Brexit. Do you think it's does, does he do it well? Does, does he lighten it or is it? Is there a serious point to um, it? Is it something we can all relate to, is what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I could relate to it from Lucy's perspective. I obviously can't totally relate to Joseph because I'm not a 20 year old black man, but, um, and in that way, educated, yeah. So I think it's a relevant book to read, particularly with like Black Lives Matters, is obviously very important. And yeah, it did make me think about things that. I didn't realise would affect somebody. Yeah, is that because there's a lot of introspection? It's a lot of their their thoughts yeah. and their, their and then, but then equally, some, sometimes he's like, "I'm not bothered." So <laughs> and it's and it's actually like the the white characters bothered more than he is. So yeah. so um, there's an incident where Joseph has gone round to Lucy's house late at night, and she is expecting him to come round, but she's in the shower, so she doesn't hear him knocking on the door. And so he's just sort of waiting outside the house. Um, um, And then the neighbour sees him skulking outside the house (laughs) rather than waiting outside the house and um, says, I prefer you not to stand there. And so he then moves on to the pavement. Um, 
And then next minute the police turn up because the neighbour's called the police because he's seen someone hanging around outside the house. And so then he's being searched on the street. And then Lucy comes out and starts going mental at the police and saying, no, he's my guest. Oh, why are you having, it seems a weird time to um, have a guest come at this time of night and you could just be covering up for him. Why would I cover up for someone that's about to burgle <laughs> me? Why would I do that? Um, but... She's saying that's disgusting. I'm going to complain to the and he and but Joseph because she's obviously going. It's you know it's racist. They've targeted you because you're black and they're doing that. And Joseph's like, well, I'd be worried if the police didn't want to know why there was a man lurking outside your house at eleven o'clock at night. So he's like, they're doing their job and they they should be concerned that there's somebody hanging about outside your house. Good neighbourhood then was it like an expensive neighbourhood? The sort of neighbourhood that we automatically would stereotype as being, you know, watching out of the curtains and anybody yeah. that's not, yeah. you know, not living there or not one of our kind type thing. Yeah, it's uh, an affluent area in London because um, she meets Joseph because he, he's he got many jobs and he one of his jobs is working in the butchers at the weekend that she goes in. They all queue up to go to this butchers because it's like the place to go to get your meat. Um, and so she meets him there. It is that kind of neighbourhood. What's the one thing that stuck with you then? When you finished it, is there one thing that, that kind of you came away from it going, that will stay with me, I didn't know that, or that's a really interesting viewpoint? Because well, the book we, we'll discuss later, there is a part I found in that. So I just wondered if for you there was something that you, you took um, from it rather than just read it, if that makes sense? Yeah. No, I think... I learned the different perspectives on on race and um, how, I mean, like, like that incident, I would have been like Lucy and, and saying, that's disgusting, you've been targeted. And he's like, well, I've been, it's not necessarily because I'm black, it's because I'm I'm hanging around outside your house and they should follow it up. And But then equally, the things that she says and then he reacts to thinking, acting like it's a racist thing. But then other times he says... I know you that you didn't mean it like that and I'm just picking an argument. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it was just interesting about relationships and different and it's and it's not it was about race but it was also about just the culture and their lives and I guess it's called just like you because they're different their whole lives are different their experiences are different their ages are different their friends are different but they are like each other as well you know they've got similarities they can have that relationship there was a bit which i was um secretly appalled at this is not really what you've asked but um he is into djing and he plays her a track that he's made and she starts bobbing around and he finds it embarrassing because it's like mum dancing <laughs> and i was like i was just thinking along the same thing oh, is no. it a dad dance i i'm now in that bracket <laughs> <laughs> so I was secretly appalled by that. That's probably what I'm going to take from it, which is probably not what I should be taking from it. So every time you go to a party now, that'll be in your head going, yeah. I need to think now. I'm, I'm a character in that book. Yeah. What, what people... When I start busting out my yeah. best Macarena. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it not good, needed. Is it a good book? I've not read any of his. No. For no reason than I just haven't, really. Is it a good one to start with? Will it yeah. give you a good intro to his writing and his... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've not read an awful lot of his books, but I have seen some of the films, and I think, as I said, I could see it as a film like that, so I think it would, yeah. But I was surprised that he, he 
got a lot of the observations of Lucy's character well. That made me chuckle. So, um, Just Like You by Nick Hornby um, is available also from our libraries and it's available as e-audio and e-book on BorrowBox and it's also available as e-book on Libby. So, our next mini challenge that we're looking at this month is your Desert Island book. Now, this is exceptionally wide as well, like we were saying about comedy. And again, I would say we were going to be joined by another one of our brilliant library <laughs> staff, Lucy, um, who is a big fan of the first book that we're going to talk about. But sadly, she is also self-isolating. Um, but hopefully I'll represent your book for you, Lucy. We asked local authors Louise Jensen and John Mars if they could choose their Desert Island book. And this first book was chosen by Louise Jensen. And it's interesting because it's a different style of book to what she writes herself. And she has chosen Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. So uh, a proper classic, um, which uh, Louise said that she could just read time and time again, which is why she's chosen it. Um, Have you read Little Women? I haven't. Uh, Again, there's no reason why. Um, It just, it's never cropped up. Um, because often I will read books that are referenced in other books. Mm. Um, I'm aware of it. Mm. Um, I, I guess in a way, because um, it's an Ameri- she was an American author. Yes. Yeah, I, I I know there was a big hoo-ha about um, Huckleberry Finn and how dated it was and outmoded kind of methods and trains of thought. So I think to me, almost unconsciously, it's gone into that not not irreverent, but but a bit more dated, and I'm not sure if I want mm. to know that much about that period of American history. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the only reason. It's never it's never cropped up at the right time to read it, and that's the only reason. And we were talking earlier about, just like you, about whether it's more suited to men or women to read. And I wasn't th- going there. I wasn't going there again. We've already... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And I, I think Phil did think <laughs> that... Little women is for little women. I did say, is it is it full of uh, like women who are little? Tiny little um, women. Sorry, that was very... Uh, well, no, it's funny you should uh, say that because any uh, Friends fans out there will know that Little Women is Rachel Green's favourite book and uh, she tries to introduce Joey to it and he did think it was a, a scary book full of tiny little women. Um, it's not. They're, they're fully grown. Well, they're young women. <laughs> they're young women. Um, so it follows the lives of the March sisters. Um, as you said, it's set in America, written by an American author. Very, very old book. Um, and the author, she actually didn't want to write that type of book, but her publisher wanted her to, to write a book for, for young women uh, or girls, really. Um, so she did begrudgingly and she found it really hard work and didn't enjoy it. But then it's obviously gone on to be a massive success. And uh, it was originally published as two books. It was Little Women and Good Wives. And uh, Good Wives ah, like a sequel. Yeah, um, and then they they put them together. And then so it could have been Little Wives. Well, yeah, yeah, it could have been Little Wives, um, but no, no, Little Women and Good Wives, and then they chose to call it Little Women, and they put them together, um, because I think, I mean, it very much starts when they're young, young girls, um, and then there was sequels, um, which were successful as well, called Little Men and Joe's Boys, because Joe's one of the, one of the sisters, 
So yeah, it's I can see why it is people's favourite book, why it's Louise's favourite book, and as I say, our, our Saturday assistant Lucy's um, obviously very, very keen on it as well. Uh, particularly, I think if you read, it's one of those books again. If you read it when you're younger as well, it's it holds that place in your heart. Um, it's quite a tragic book, and you've got a lot of women being at home uh, doing needlework and looking after old aunts and things like that. Um, but all the sisters have got different characters. So I think that why why it appeals to a lot of people as well because you've got the shy shy one, the kind of tomboy, um, the vain one and so on so that there's four sisters and they've all got very different characteristics and it's about how they then move on in life and meet husbands uh, one of them sadly gets ill and i won't plot spoil it too much but no because i would i would like to have a go at reading it mm. so don't yeah don't ruin it totally for me yeah leave some suspense in there i will there's a couple of films out there as well about it if you wanted to uh, dive into those but I'm sorry, I'm not selling it. It's been a long time since I've read Little Women myself, but I did read it when I was younger and I did really enjoy it. And I, I say, I think young girls could probably relate to one of those sisters and, and you feel, oh, I'm a Joe or I'm a Beth or... Shades you know. of the Brontes? Uh, yeah, but obviously it's in America. Yeah, um, at the same period, because a lot of the social yeah. mores were yeah. the same, I, I, I suspect, yeah. across the two yeah and like the illnesses and things that they they, you know people dying younger and um their father's away in at war and then he he gets pneumonia so yeah it is that the darkness of the brontes and yeah there is definite shades of that yeah i will honestly i i will i will give it a read is it it's not a big long book is it no well it is two books okay I know you shouldn't judge a book by its size, but... Um... No, it's not. Okay. Um, and I'm sure you could get, like, a, a children's abridged edition. <laughs> Picture book? <laughs> yeah, I think there is. Okay. Yeah, no, and and I'm really sorry that Lucy is unable to join us today because I'm sure that she would sell this so so much better than what I'm doing. But it is, as I say, it, it, I'm sure a lot of people hold it dear to their hearts from the, that they've read it when they're younger. And it's, I'd say, it's kind of like the Secret Garden in that way, or oh, or okay, uh, nice. Railway Children, or yeah. you know those classics that that you you love when you're younger. Yeah, and I then, think we do miss. We've missed our two guests this week, haven't we? We definitely have. Um, but yeah we'd love to know what you guys think about it as well so please do get in touch with us Um, you can get in touch with us on Facebook at Library Plus Reading Challenge or on Twitter at Library underscore plus or you could join our Goodreads book group on there and tell us what you're reading Little Women is available in our libraries and it's available as e-audio book and e-book on both BorrowBox and Libby so that brings us on to our last um, book that we're going to look at. So this was chosen by local author John Mars as his Desert Island book. He was toying with whether he should like choose a sort of a, a long book that could spend a lot of time reading on, on the Desert Island to keep him occupied or whether he should just go for one of his favourites. And he chose The Beach by Alex Garland, which he thought would be fitting um, on a desert island as well. Um, so I know that you've read this, Phil. Uh, yeah, I have. I read it on the uh, the ebook. Reasonably used to doing them now. Um, I haven't read it before. I was aware of a film. I was aware they'd done a film of it. Danny Boyle, I think, had directed it. So yeah. in the back of my mind, I go, it must have been okay for Danny Boyle to, to kind of direct. 
Um, so I started reading it. I hadn't got that far into it. And sorry, John, if you listen, but I hadn't got that far into it. And I'm suddenly thinking, is it not a young adult book? Because it's it's very simplistic in, mm-hmm. in its writing. It's very shallow, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it It's almost like the author wants to get something across and wants to get you there as quick as possible. Right. So that the preamble of getting to the beach, um, which is where they end up, you, there is some adult swearing in it, but it just, it seems to, to, to want to rush it along. And I did read it and I started reading it thinking it feels like a young adult book. Right. It, it, in that respect. Not, not that I mean to, to denigrate young adult books, yeah. but it, you know, um, but the the premise is that um, the the protagonist Richard is a, a backpacker in Thailand, uh, meets this character Daffy, who gives him a map, this secret kind of beach. Um, it's not an easy place to find, but when he finds it, there's a community there, mm-hmm. uh, like almost a secret community of backpackers. And they've been there a few years. Um, they share the island with um, marijuana growers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite clear if the if the the marana growers know about this this it, it's almost like a commune i suppose and you think it's this it all you think you know they found this backpackers paradise yeah they all have tasks they grow their food they do runs to get rice and stuff like that and it it sounds but it very quickly turns into the kind of lord of the flies scenario right, okay um whether Richard is, I, I guess it is. I guess Richard is the the catalyst for it, right? Um, but he it it, it turns sour basically, right. um, uh, quite badly sour. Um, but it and as I say, it's almost like the author's getting you to that bit as quick as possible. Very Lord of the Flies. It the choice of it being, you know, a desert island type book. The only reason I would think that is because of the word beach on mm. it. It's not a book I would have um, would want to take with me. Mm-hmm. It's not. I imagine if I wanted a book like that, it would be a huge, thick tome. That well, I was going to say, what would be your desert island book? Um, I suppose it would be something like the complete works of Sherlock Holmes, or okay, you know, possibly Shakespeare. I I know it's. When you do Desert Island Discs, you know, they'll give yeah. you things like that. Um, Would it not be Hitchhikers? Because you were so passionate about that earlier. No, because because I I know it so well, yeah. if that makes sense. I wouldn't want to take a book that I know. Right. I want something that okay. I'm not so familiar with. Um, all of the Sherlock Holmes, I, I know some of them, not all of them. So this is, it, it, it's kind of a book that, it's very dated now. Mm. I mean, this was, what, 96 when backpacking in thailand was the big thing yeah the thing whereas mm. now i'm especially with current climate <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna yeah anywhere. I, i'm not so sure um yeah i just just felt that it was it was quite a superficial one dated um i like the idea of i i'm very fond of dystopian yeah literature um uh, i'm not a huge optimist about the human <laughs> race and society generally I think, which is why I like space ones, because yeah. it's that escape into somewhere else. Uh, and this plays into that idea that there is no utopia, that utopia doesn't exist because it will always go wrong. Right. Um, so it, it's, 
But the odd thing was, I, I wasn't really enjoying reading it, and I, I felt it was quite superficial, but I wanted to keep reading. Yeah. Which really surprised me. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I'd, I'd finish, I'd read at night and I'd fall asleep, and then the first opportunity, I would want to carry it on. Yeah. And I can't figure out whether that's because I kept thinking it's got to improve, mm. you know, it's got to become a bit, a bit more, mm. um, or whether it's just a, the skill of the author to, to just keep offering you little bits, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, Lord of the Flies, dystopian, um, the idea that there is no utopia, they end up with some serious kind of mental illness, mm. um, heavy drug not. use. So I guess it, it could be a warning, okay. you know, about that that lifestyle, shall we say. But it, dated, it's now dated. Um, it's, I think it's really interesting how, um, I mean, it, different everyone's sort of desert island book choice would be. Because, I mean, Little Women and The Beach are the two favourites of Louise and John, um, but very, very different to each other. Yeah, I'd love to know when we get a chance to speak to John, if we can, is to say what, you know, what is it about it? Um, You know, it's a, it's a product of the moment. um, And it very, very, not very generous of me to think it's only because it's got the word beach in it (laughs) that I would consider it a a, a desert island one. But I mean, did I give you a flavour for it? You did. You You did give us a flavour. And uh, again, it'd be interesting to see if it is anyone else's favourites, whether they choose that to go on desert island and, and if you can even choose a desert island book for yourself, it's so hard. I think I would probably go the way that Louise has gone and probably pick a childhood favourite, to be honest, because I can't think, unless I kind of cheated like Phil did and pick a complete works of and, <laughs> and get a, a complete works of Julie Cooper or something. Yeah, I, the idea of, I always think the idea of a desert island book is something that you're going to be there for a long time. Yeah. So something that is going to keep you... Or just something that's going to get you through. It doesn't matter whether it's long. Yeah. Something you can read. So I I was thinking about it and I was thinking, I don't know what I would pick. Um, And the only one that I could think of was something like um, Goodnight, Mr. Tom by Michelle Morgan, which was a childhood favourite that I've read. I haven't read many books over and over again, you see, but I have that and a couple of others. So... I think I probably have to go back to something like that, just something that's heartwarming, I guess. Comforting. Uh, comforting. <laughs> comforting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, I, I was that. ill as a child, I always used to read, um, I can't remember who it's by, but it was a book called Meets Mary Kate. So it's a children's book, a really thin book. But my mum knew that I was ill if I was reading that because it was <laughs> comforting. So I don't think I'd read Meet Mary Kate on Desert Island because I don't think it would take me very long and it'd probably be quite disappointing. But something maybe by Michelle Morgan or something, that's the only way I think. So I think I'd go that like, Little Women-y kind of way, kind of a childhood favourite. Comfort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, right. But it's it's really interesting on, like we say, if we get any feedback for the people's choices yeah, as be... to whether they go for the, the, the comfort read or the... Yeah, definitely. The sheer volume of something yeah. to, to do. And the the Beach by Alex Garland is available in our libraries, and it's available as a e audio book and an e book on both Borrowbox and Libby. 
And I should also just say that on BorrowBox, if you're a regular user, you may notice that there's um, shelves on there for the Fully Booked Challenge. So um, not only are the suggested titles that we're coming up with for these challenges on there, um, if they're available, um, but there's also other books that might fit those categories. So there'll be other classic comedy books, for example, and then just ones that we think might be people's desert island books like classics and things for this challenge um so keep an eye out on borrow box shelves because there's going to be some other suggestions for you on there too so now it's time to talk about our digital book club title of the month and in july we were reading the girl who reads on the metro by christine ferry flurry how did you find it phil do you know what? i really enjoyed it did you i, I didn't think really, you would <laughs> i i didn't think i would either um, which is a shocking reflection on myself. But I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, it just, I learned an awful lot, not only about French culture, but uh, about passeurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant idea. Um, no, I really liked it. It made me, it made me feel good, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely extolling the virtues of reading and how books can change people's lives which we touched on earlier in fact uh, about books that have you thought that's going to make me think that's going to change my life um yeah definitely definitely did that what about the way that it was written uh again i thought it was it was easy to read it was well written that I know we're going to do this on another podcast but when they trans you always wonder about when they translate books yeah. from the, the original language, which obviously would have been French, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much how much you might lose in it, or yeah. how much the translation works. Mm. But I found it um, easy to read, um, no real heavy concepts to it, light. Um, there were times I felt it drifted a little bit, mm-hmm. and I, I will admit to skipping a few paragraphs. Mm. Um, but no... Um, it was very appealing because it was <laughs> it was short <laughs> and small. A because it fits in a bag nicely. Yeah. Um and I think sometimes when you start reading it you go at it better because it's a smaller book. Yeah. Know. Um but no, I thought it was it was really well written, not read anything else by her. I think this is her first book translated into English, isn't it? Um, as I recall. Um yeah, I really liked it. Um but it this was a case where, unlike uh, other ones, this was what was contained in the book that I found that the the writing, that the writing, the style, the language was very much a vehicle to get those ideas hmm. that she'd in, she'd got in it, and that's what I loved. No, really so liked. I think we read this in different levels. I think you've obviously enjoyed it, devoured it, really gone into it i when i read it it made me think of something that you said in the last podcast you said that there was a lot of description without a lot being described yeah and i felt that that applies to this book there was lots of beautiful description but i didn't feel that i knew the characters really but i I don't think that was the purpose of the book you know, you mentioned th- that you were talking earlier about the Nick Hornby one. Mm. That's a character-based one. Yeah. This isn't. This 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 is very much an idea. It's a vehicle for an idea. Mm. And I think I don't. I'm not interested in characters particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
It's interesting you thought that, though. Yeah. It definitely... I mean, it definitely was about the idea of books and how how they affect things. So just to summarise for anyone that's not actually read it yet, um, it's about... Why haven't they read it yet? Well, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> good question, yes. Phil. But, you know, there might be a small minority out there. So um, this character is Ju- Juliette, um, and she travels on the metro every day to work in a estate agents. And she is a book lover and she notices the books that people are reading on the metro and and tries to think about the people and why they're reading them and and what's the backstory about the the people and she meets one day um a character called Solomon who has kind of like a a backstreet bookshop like a secondhand bookshop uh, it sounds like one of those be- there's a beautiful one in um Ipswich in Suffolk where you go in and then you go around the corner as another room and then around the corner as another room and then there's another one and oh, there's just those. stacks yeah. of books everywhere. So it, it kind of reminded me of that. And um, But I don't know how he makes any money because his main sort of focus seems to be gifting books to people through passers. Um, so he has people that he gives books to and they are supposed to follow people find out about them and then gift them a book that they think will suit and um juliette is chosen to become one of these passeurs for him and she doesn't really do it in the same way she kind of lets the book decide so so she helps a colleague sell a property oh that's right yeah yeah yeah. because a book just kind of yeah rose to the top of the pile and she just took it and then it happened to be the person viewing the property's favourite ever book and she just gets lost in the book and it sells the dream of the property so she doesn't quite do it in the same way and Solomon is very he wants to know all about who they've given the book to like what time of day it was what the weather was like what the light was like the whole picture say it's very very descriptive and he's very much the 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 voyeur isn't he? Mm. he he doesn't leave the building no and there is a there is hints later in the book that that is his personality mm. that he he doesn't he he's not sociable and doesn't want to interact with the world mm. but he uses his passers as like his his eyes he's he's a voyeur on the world mm. uh especially to reading um, mm. and that's what i thought was was quite interesting um uh, there's more to his story, isn't there? As you get towards the end, it gives yeah. you a bit more about him. Yeah. Um, almost as a kind of, oh, okay, then I'll tell you a bit more about mm. about them. But, um, and then um, it finishes up with um, Juliet basically kind of making a a mobile free bookshop, I guess, where she's just going to go travel around the world in a little camper van and giving books out to people. And now to me... I'm more interested to read a book about that, about her adventures and what happened when she Sounds goes like around. Sounds like a sequel then, yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's more what I'm interested in um, because maybe there'll be more happen, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the bit she drives to is Italy, isn't it? Down yeah. on that, the kind of the east coast, down driving Italy. And the funny thing is I know that part of Italy. I've, I've worked there for quite a while, um, years back, another life. Um, so I found it really interesting because I know that I can picture the places, the landscape that she's driving through. And I think it's genius because I can see that kind of yellow 
vehicle. Mm. I can see it there. Uh, I can see it there. I, I thought it was really good. Um, it wasn't quite the ending I thought, was it for you? No, no. And as I say, I wanted to know more about everybody in the book. Um, I, I can see this being a text, you know, at school where it's, because it's, when I did English Lit, it wasn't some, you had to look deeper into the book and the meaning. And, and I think like the way we're talking about it, I was doing it very literal and you're looking, so like, for example, I did Remains of the Day at GCSE. And if you just look at it on a literal level, not a lot happens and <laughs> it's quite boring. <laughs> um, but when you dig deep into it, then that's where it all, you know, that's where the meaning. And so you've kind of dug more into it or thought more about it when you've read it. Um, yeah, I mean, I th what I liked was her kind of referencing of, of other texts, yes. not just French texts. But, yeah. but so... She's either done a lot of research or she's very well read. Mm. And they're all texts that are ones that you kind of go, they're very much this this kind of this French intellectual kind of feel to it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the idea of the passeur, um, I had to look it up, uh, translates as like ferryman, ferryman. Mm. So I love that idea of, of, there's the element of, like you said, the life changing, you know, your life can change at any moment. Mm. And I thought that she would take on, it's not a spoiler to say that she takes on the shop, kind of. Kind of, yeah. She um, she, she looks after it for him, doesn't, he? doesn't she? Because he does leave the shop. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I would have been happy with it finishing there. She yes. took on Solomon's role. Yeah. And they expanded on this idea of the passeur and yeah. the, the book and how it affects personalities. Yeah. Um, so when she got on the bus, I felt cheated somewhat and went, oh, yeah. well, I don't want to do that. I wanted to carry on with it because it's what I would love to do. Thing like that. It kind of, um, but the, um, another character, Leonidas, the man in the hat, he, he uh, <laughs> yeah. takes yeah. over the shopper thing, doesn't he? And, and yeah. It's, yeah. It's not so much of a, it feels more like it's not an ownership. It's like a guardianship. Yes. And all you're doing is you're running it until the next yeah. person comes along and there's a lot about um feeling trapped and sort of being stuck in a rut kind of thing isn't there and, and she 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 is and then her colleagues she leaves the estate agency to um look after the shop and then the her colleagues leave as well and again it's the power of books she gifts them uh, her colleagues books when she leaves and and through her leaving and these books it, it makes them change their lives but I couldn't see she she's gone off in what is kind of like a big act of freedom because she's gone off in this bus just traveling the world and she somehow she doesn't need any money to survive. <laughs> um, so it's that kind of I, I need that kind of detail because I'm like, well, what's going on with her flat and well, you know, <laughs> what's she living How much on? Is she spending yeah. on bread and wine. Yeah, where's this petrol coming from? <laughs> um, but but I wonder how free she is because she's just trapped on this bus on her own. So. Yeah, it's interesting the whole kind of freedom trapped thing. Yeah, I think that's probably the two the two aspects to it. Though you can read it as as that, um, you know, the the choice to make a change in your life mm. is is everybody's. Mm. You know, you can make a decision at any moment which will change your life, mm. will change the direction of your life. Which I kind of go, yeah, yeah. There's lots of books about. You know, not not just fiction, but non-fiction. You know, change this and change that and do the other. And um, and so I didn't. I kind of went, yeah, yeah, okay. 
but it was more the fact of of the the idea i think for me it was the idea of the book being the catalyst mm. um and the very fact that you and i can talk about the same book yeah. and have differing approaches to it shows that books can have different effects on people um but some of the there's there's bits in it um some of the writing is just and I got it, you know, I kind of, I so got it. They're talking about books as being old friends. You mm. know, you travel through books. You live, you can live through. Should you go to these places that you've read in books? Yes, I was going to ask you that. You know, that's one of the questions. Should you go there? Or is it going to be a disappointment because you've imagined it different? Or is it going to no, be... You should never go to places yeah. that you've, you've read in a book because it's a very subjective I think mm. so I've just finished reading a book by Levinson Wood about walking down South America and I go it's a really good book really descriptive I'm not going to do that because it won't be how I imagine it could yeah. be and I think I think with this with this I know I'm very much of the of the I love reading it and I love the idea of it but I probably wouldn't go to those places that you've no and it's very much we talk about reading being good for your well-being and i think this book does really epitomize you know like you're saying it's a, adventure you go to places like literally you go to different countries and places in the books but you go to different places within you don't you when you're reading there's a good book in it sorry i've got the book in front of me so if you do hear a page um should you she won she pondered staring at a spider that was spinning an almost invisible web in a corner of the ceiling travel to the countries you've loved in books did these countries exist in reality? Virginia Woolf's England had vanished as surely as the Orient of A Thousand and One Nights. You know, and you kind of go, I, absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you travel in the book and that's what the book should be. Yeah. I think all books should be, should be that. But no, I, 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 know. I, I don't know if I can go on the Paris Metro now, having read this, because <laughs> there won't be a Juliette sat on there with no. a book. Well, there might be. You Study might, it well. You might have yeah, a pastor yeah. pass you a book. I um, love it. I think we should start that over here. Do you not think? There was, there was feel a free, book, Phil. A book thing, wasn't there, where you could distribute books? Yeah, some oh, people do that. do books that give wise. Some yeah. authors do it, don't they? And yeah, I love that idea. It said as well about should you give away a book that you don't want anymore? Or isn't it better to give away a book that you love, that you want to keep yourself? Isn't it better to give away that Desert Island book we're talking about? Is it better to give away one you love or is it better to give one away that you've not read or you don't like or you don't want? No, you should give away a book that you think the other person is going to appreciate. Mm. You must do that. You lend books to people. Say, oh, I've read this, it's really good. Yeah. You know, read it and then they'll come back and go, well, that was pretty, you know... Um, so no, I, I think I have a responsibility to pass on books to people who will appreciate them. Yeah. That makes sense. I right mean, on. Patricia, last last uh, time she was talking about um, Hamnet and that she didn't have it with her because she'd loaned it out because she's, she's yeah. giving it, loan, lending it to everybody because it's such a good book. I am bit, I'd tell people about, you need to read this book. Um, and if, but if it's like, I really, really, really love it. I will keep it and t and tell them that they need to read it and they need to borrow it from the library or whatever. But I wouldn't, well, Chloe, I wouldn't let go of some my copy if I loved it. Yeah, I mean Chloe in this book, she's the one who 
have that book that she used to sell the house yes. or rent the, the, the property. She got given a book by Juliet. Yeah. And she'd passed it on. In the end, I think, didn't she say she bought about three or four more copies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make sure she... And that's what I would do. Yeah. That's exactly what I would do. Mm. Um, I would stand on a street corner next to the everyone else in Abington Street, Northampton, mm. handing out copies of Hitchhikers going, you've got to read it. You've got to read it. So if you see a strange man on Abington Street... <laughs> Very strange man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting that... So, yeah, I just didn't think that you'd like it. I don't know why, but, yeah, it shows that we're learning so much about each other. I thought that I would love it, and I liked it, but I didn't love it, whereas I thought you'd, you'd either not like it or you'd like it, you know, it was okay, but you actually loved it. So there, it's like the opposite to what I thought. There are, I don't, I don't know if this is, this is uh, over-confiding, but over my life I, I have a book, and when I come across a phrase or a description or something like that that is really apt, I write it down. Mm. And, and when, when I die, I want my children to have it because it will mm. give them an insight into me that they don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there are a couple of bits in this book, a massive compliment to the author, there's a couple of bits in this book that I would write down. Wow. Uh, this idea of, of the travel and the book and the... Uh, and there's a description of a person that fitted somebody that I, I know really well. Um, and I'd write it in my, my book mm. to say the author has encapsulated my my view yeah. better than I could write myself. So massive compliment to, wow. uh, if ever I get a chance to meet her. Yeah, and that's a lovely idea as well, creating that book yourself of quotes and things. Had that's... it since I was about... 18. Wow. Uh, still got it going. Still it's keep lovely. it going. Lovely. Let us know what you thought about The Girl Who Reads on the Metro. As I say, get in touch with us on our, our social media or um, on our Goodreads group. Um, we'd love to know. And now we can reveal the August Digital Book Club title. We're going very different to The Girl Who Reads on the Metro. Um, we're going to a non-fiction book now. Um, which is Adventures of the Yorkshire Shepherdess by Amanda Owen. So it's her real life. Um, she is the Yorkshire Shepherdess. Some people may know her from the Channel 5 programme, Our Yorkshire Farm. But she's basically, she's got nine children. Yeah. Nine children. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a husband, thankfully. Um, <laughs> And uh, they run a, a Yorkshire farm. Um, the, the two can be mutually exclusive, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this this uh, follows a, a specific period. There's a, there's a few books previously, and this is like the latest in the series of books by her because it's obviously following different parts of her life. And um, I think this one's set in 2018, I believe. So, yeah, very different uh, non-fiction. Do you read much non-fiction, Phil? Yeah, I, I do, but it's mainly military history. Yeah, historical. Really. Yeah. Um, I think I'm not very interested in people. Mm. Yeah. So I wouldn't have immediately picked this one up off the shelf. However, I've got very into a TV program about a farm recently. Not um, Amanda's one, but I'm going to check it out now. But uh, if I mentioned bee juice and tram lines, I'm sure people that have got into the particular program that I'm talking about will know what I'm talking about. Um, I really enjoyed that, and I learnt a lot about farming in a in a fun way. Um, and 
yeah, so I'm hoping that this will be similar because I, th I, th I think that it's going to be showing plight but also fun and and Can we see educating. you throwing up your lifestyle and retiring to the Yorkshire Dales then to look after animals? I think I'm a bit too lazy and also <laughs> I'd get a bit too attached, I think. Um, but I have got really into growing things in I think from the first lockdown um, as I think a lot of us spent more time in our gardens and things um so i am enjoying that i'm picking my my lettuce for my dinner out the garden i'm growing my courgettes and what have you so yeah so i am getting more interested in sort of nature and growing food and things like that so, so this I think might be the life-changing book <laughs> i might enjoy this book okay uh, um so we, we shall see and we'll see what you think so so i think that i might enjoy it you're not so sure because it's not normally the sort of thing that you'd read so we'll see, we'll see if we do the opposite again. And I go, no, I didn't like it. And you go, I absolutely loved it. I've got another quote. <laughs> we'll end up by the end of these podcasts as being completely 180 Yeah, yeah. completely switched around. Uh, I agree. It's really interesting. So um, you can borrow The Adventures of the Yorkshire Shepherdess um, on BorrowBox with no waiting. I believe it's in our libraries as well. But uh, if you want it as an e-book or an e-audio book, you can get it on BorrowBox. And as I say, there'll be no waiting for that title. You can borrow it straight away. Um, and please do let us know what you think. So some people got in touch with us last month on our social media about our last two mini challenges. So we were talking about books of the child narrator and books based on a real event. Natalie suggested To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee as a book for a child narrator if you wanted to, to read a classic for an opportunity to get a classic in there. Um, and Jackie suggested Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is funny because we were actually, that was one of the titles we were thinking of mm. choosing as yeah. one of our suggested reads for that. Um, but she suggested that as a book for a child narrator. And we were thinking of it for a book based on a real event because the background of that, it's a, it's a nine-year-old boy who's the child narrator whose dad was killed in the 9-11 terror attacks. And it's been turned into a film uh, with Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock as well. So they're two cracking suggestions for our mini challenges. And please say, get in touch. Let us know what you're reading, what you would read, what suggestions you've got for our mini challenges. It's fascinating. Thanks, thanks for getting in touch, Natalie and Jackie. I noticed yesterday, just quickly, that some of our libraries as well are supporting this by having displays up. And I was at one yesterday that had got the child narrator mm. display. Um, some titles that hadn't really occurred to me. So uh, keep your eyes open when you're around the libraries Yeah, definitely. As well. And at the time of recording, um, our libraries are open. Uh, for no, You don't need to book an appointment now to browse in our libraries. Um, hopefully that's still the case when this podcast oh, is aired. Very true. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, please please do start visiting the libraries if you feel comfortable to do so. Um, and if not, we have got our e-reads available still, obviously for you. Um, or you can do both. That brings us to the end of this month's podcast. We do hope you're enjoying it. Please like and sub subscribe to it, and please tell your friends. We'd love everyone to be listening and joining in. Let us know what you think. So again, on Facebook, it's at Library Plus Reading Challenge. On Twitter, it's at Library underscore Plus. We've also got Instagram at Northampton Libraries. 
and please visit www.northamptonshire.gov.uk forward slash for the love of books to pledge that you're getting involved with this challenge and to subscribe to that newsletter if you want to. And you can also find on there a link to our Goodreads book so you can uh, have an online bookshelf to, to write your books. If you do visit our libraries, you can also pick up a fully booked leaflet um, and that's got space in there for you to tick off the challenges um, that you've completed and to write what you think, what you have read and what you think of those books. Um, but please let us know as well because we'd love to know and we'd love to know your suggestions for our challenges too. And join us in September for the next instalment and our next two mini challenges and find out what we thought of our Yorkshire Shepherdess. Bye. Bye. <laughs>